Smith of the TFON Podcast back again for season two, episode 19. Flying solo again, but we are going to dance around the Cotton Bowl, man. The Bearcats lost to the Alabama Crimson Tide 27 to 6 in Dallas, Texas, or Arlington, Texas, uh, technically at Jerry's World in the Cotton Bowl co- um, college football playoff first appearance. And didn't go as well as Bearcat fans expected or wanted it to. Everybody knew it was going to be a tough battle. But um, I just want to highlight a few plays that I think could have possibly changed the game. And also give these young men the props because um, it took everybody on a heck of a ride, man. And they didn't disrespect the Bearcat Nation on Friday when they played, man, they, they held tough, even though they did lose by 21. The game was 11-point game in the fourth quarter, even with them struggling on the offensive side of the ball and them failing to make a few adjustments on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Sauce Gardner did not give up a touchdown, nor did Kobe Bryant. You know, he switched over to the number eight, and everybody kind of was like, why, why is he doing this, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, he had in his game, he only gave two catches for 16 yards. So, hey, he held up to his end of the bargain. Sauce only gave up one catch for minus two yards against Jamison Williams. Um, so that's a heck of a feat in itself. It just shows how good these young men are. But I mean, man, I'm I'm happy how they. I'm happy for them. I'm not. I'm more disappointed because of there's a few plays that could have been made. I think they could have stole this game, and it was right for the taking for them. But at the end of the day, man, for them to do this as a group of five team and then just to do this, just think about where they were five years ago. You know, you know, his first year, the year before he came, you got Tuberville cussing out fans, them knowing, you know, they're going to lose before halftime. They're not recruiting home well, you know, and then you get to the next year, you know, Fickle goes four and eight, but it's pretty tough first, uh, first class. He comes in kind of late, later in the season, uh, not later in the season, but late in the, right close to the signing day, gets a solid class. And that class is the one that kind of takes him here to now getting the college football playoff. Um, Big 12 was on the horizon. But I want to highlight three plays, man. I feel like if these were made, I feel like the Bearcats could have stole this game. And it sounds crazy. But, I mean, I mean, Bama beat them fair and square. I'm not taking anything from, from Bama at all. You know, they were better up front on both sides of the ball. And, and that's what, that made the biggest difference, man. They ran for, you know, 300 yards or almost 300 yards, I want to say. Matter of fact, they did run for 300 yards. Um, the one, you know, Robinson had 200 yards, and I think the 335 was a big reason because he had multiple lanes to pick from, and I wish that you know Trussell would have went to four down linemen because they had the guys. Maybe, you know, Bama may still have been better up front, but I just feel like it would have prevented you know Robinson having multiple options to choose from like he literally was coming out the backfield and he was like ah maybe I'll go to the middle maybe I'll go to off tackle maybe I'll make the sweep because he just had so many options man with the 3-3 three, three, they were double teaming and getting off and getting that next level person I feel like that would have prevented it but hey what do I know on that man I mean still heck of a season but I just wish they would have went four down linemen because they had the, the linebackers were good enough to be able to play and the DBs were going to play good enough so I feel like they should have invited Bama to pass, and then maybe they would have won a few battles here and there. But at the same time, the strength of their team was passing, and I feel like Saban saw what other teams, you know, what Tulsa did, what, you know, 
Tulane did, but they're Alabama. So it's like if they do it, it's, it's gonna be you're not. It's gonna be super hard to stop, and it's not gonna be much that you overcome. And I feel like the Bearcats didn't adjust, and that didn't help. You know, help the situation. You're already playing against a team that's pound for pound better than you, and then they present something that the other team that you're normally better than does play ball control football because they know your secondary is top notch and without Mitchie they don't have the receivers that are ready right now to be able to to play against these type of guys on a consistent basis um and, and it showed man they just ran the ball played ball control you know and it played good defense behind it so but um, I'm starting to ramble, but I want to go with the three go with the three plays that really hurt the Bearcats, man. Uh, after Bama comes down, ten plays. I want to say it was more than that play, but they went ten straight running plays. Gets down there and they throw the pass. I want to say without the bowl and then the slot, boom, blown coverage or whatnot, boom, they score. Bearcats come down, get it all the way down to the red zone, um, and in the red zone. I feel like Denbrock just kind of froze up because the, the slant was there with Pierce, right? Gets knocked down. That play has to – Dad's got to make the throw, and he's open. Then the next play, they run a similar play. that you know Pierce gets hit. He has to catch the ball. It was a little high, but once he hits your hands, against Bama, you got to make that play. And then that could have been 7-7, seven to seven, and – you have a chance like, hey, we're not going anywhere, but you kick a field goal because you call a tight end screen on third down and nine or third and whatever it was and lose three yards. It was just like bad play call. I would have went back, back with the slant possibly or something to the tight end to the end zone, man, because it just doesn't, I don't know. Then there's a lack of use of tight ends, but we'll get, get into that later. Uh, also want to talk about the fumble punt. Like Bama fumbles punt, fumbles the punt. I'm say it was JoJo Earl, and we don't get on top of it. And the Bearcats didn't get on top of it. It burnt them, and that's just something against Bama, against any team that's an elite team. You gotta make that play, and it was a clean play. Like the kid didn't get hit, and he fumbled, and you know they just didn't get on it. So that's one of those plays you have to make. And then also when when uh, Brian Cook got the interception, they have to score a touchdown on that. You know, I think they were only down 11 or I don't know if they kicked, made a field goal on that drive or not. They might have went backwards. I think they had to punt that drive, actually. So I think they were only down 11. They could have scored and made that a closer game. I could be wrong on the time frame on what the score was on that play. But you don't score on that. You don't get seven on that. That's tough. And then just all the batted balls down um, for, for Dez. It wasn't one of his best games. Let's just be honest. Um, love Dez to, to death. Uh, wish him the best. But it just was one of not one of his better games, and I didn't expect that. I didn't expect um, Tim Brown not to use the tight ends at all. I thought the tight ends were a big mismatch for the Bearcats, and they only had two catches, maybe three, and they didn't use them in the middle of the field at all. They didn't really attack the corners a lot at all. I know they Des was under a lot of this, you know, a lot of under distress during the game. But I feel like the line held up enough where they should have been able to take some chances. But if they would have scored earlier some touchdowns, but they didn't score a touchdown at all, I think that would have helped them at, for sure. Because I feel like they did a decent job against Will Anderson. They made sure they chipped them a lot. Showed them a lot of attention, as they rightfully should have. But I just don't think they had the right 
game plan on offense personally. I don't like them not going to four down linemen against a team as big as Bama. Going three down linemen against a team like Bama is like a death wish with a thousand cuts because we're not big enough for that. Like you don't have a Jordan Jones type of dude to be like, you know, a 6'6", 360 where you can go three down linemen if you want because you got a guy that's going to eat up two people for sure. Like eat them up where they really like where they're at a disadvantage even blocking them with two. We don't have that guy that's that huge. We got good, great players. I feel like we have very good players. Don't get me wrong, but if you put an extra guy, it's harder for them to double team because then they were picking which way they want to double team. They could double team in. They could double team two and then get off. Man, it's just like when you're playing against that high of a skill against Tulsa, you get away with it. But against Bama, you cannot get away with going three down linemen just can't man it's just i think that was a disservice i feel like if they would have went four two i feel like they would have been able to prevent them from even getting 27 points even with the offense looking that sluggish and then if you luck up and get a touchdown or get a rhythm then you're cooking with fish grease but i feel like they gave without because the defense didn't make the right adjustments i feel like they gave bama more more leeway man to, to kind of figure it out because if you you want them to throw against against sauce and and kobe you want them to throw like that's where you want if they if they beat you throwing you shake their hand don't invite them to run because you want to have three down linemen out there i think that's just a disservice to the team especially with how the offense was playing like they should have just went four down linemen man i feel like they only did it like in the red zone inside the 10 a couple times and i feel like they he might have got a five-yard gain on one, and they got held on the two yards or less on every other one. They only did it a couple times. It just was, I don't know. I just feel like that was iffy. I don't like how Dan Brock called the game. I didn't really, Des had didn't have his great, his, when it, he didn't have his A game, that's for sure. It might have been a C or D game um, just because of all the batted balls. I just never seen them get that many balls batted down. I don't know what is Bama for sure, but. I didn't expect to see that because I just feel like he played so well against Georgia last year. I didn't expect him to um, have that many batted balls down and just not make the throws. He's just all, even though the one that Trey Tucker, that was a hell of a throw. Trey got to make the play because it's just against Bama. I don't know if I talked about that. Yeah, but Trey got to come up with that. He has to. Against Bama, you got to make those throw. You got to make those catches, man. I just feel like that would have either one, either the Pierce or the Trey Tucker um, throw. They both were touchdowns. Those are made. I think that completely changes the game. The momentum goes away. Because I feel like Jerome Ford played a heck of a game. But after a while, they couldn't really use them for the most part because they were down. You know, they really couldn't just play run, run, and then pass. You know, they had to try to let that thing go. And after a while, Alabama started teeing off. But I just haven't seen where Dez has got his balls batted down that much. He's not a short guy. I mean, he's every bit 6'4". And, you know, they were, I think they batted down at least six. You know, that's just me being, I'm not looking at the stats and looking at batted balls. So, but uh, I'm still proud of this team, man. Dez is the winningest court, you know, quarterback probably in history. I mean, third winningest in history, and he's the most winningest quarterback in UC history. So, I mean, heck of a season in the whole team, man. It's, it's been a joy to cover these dudes, man, because you go from, Telling you go from covering them in their four and eight, where you know they're gonna lose the game. You just gotta look at some bright side, looking at the young guys. To now, you got seven dudes going to the Senior Bowl, and you got a lot of dudes that are gonna get drafted this year and make a lot of money. And 
it's pretty dope just to see that growth, you know, from this team. You know, next year it'll be a little bit interesting as you're losing 33 seniors, but I feel like they got a lot of young guys that are going to be ready and they're going to still be a solid force to be reckoned with. I don't, and I don't, I don't see, see, you know, college football playoff next year, but I still see them as a, double, a possible double-digit um, win team for sure because they got a lot of talent. But they just, it's just going to be their time. So we'll see how that goes, man. Like this year is going to be interesting. But um, I just feel like if the Bearcats could have made a few extra plays, man, I think they could have stole this game, which is crazy because they, they didn't embarrass themselves. But it's just that, you know, when you average damn near 40 points and then you only score six in against Bama, it's not going to work. You can't kick field goals against Bama and expect to win. It's just not going to happen. I don't care. But uh, they're only the second team to hold them under 30 points all year, even with them not adjusting to the four, four down linemen. I feel like they did that, and they could have probably kept them under 20 or kept them in the low 20s. Or maybe kept them in the teens just because of how good our corners are. So, um, it is what it is, man. They went out there, performed. I think they played better than, than Michigan did against Georgia. And, you know, and, you know, most most semifinal games are blowouts, you know. And it was it was an 11-point game in the fourth quarter. And, and, you know, they got the extra 10. But it is what it is, man. You know, you can't you can't not make the plays to put Bama on the ropes against Bama. You just can't, man. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you whoever else other team, but you can't think of, if you're going to be pull off the upset and not make the big plays. And I think that's kind of what happened with them. But I know, man, it, it hurts that they lost. But at the same time, they got there. They they got there the right way. Went 13 and 0. Beat everybody in front of them. Just you know, came up short against Bama, but who who doesn't come up against short against Bama for the most part? So it is what it is, man. I know I made my uh, actual prediction. I thought that you know they would win by ten, <laughs> but I was wrong. I thought I said Bama would score twenty eight points. They ended up scoring twenty seven, but but I had Bearcats scoring thirty five or thirty eight, and they only scored six. So I came up super short on that. And I'm glad I didn't put no money on the game or hat have any i don't know i don't bet but i'm glad i didn't have anybody putting any money on the game because they they didn't cover either so i would have been short and people would have been pissed off at me i'd have been like hey they're gonna cover i thought they were though i definitely thought they were gonna cover but it didn't happen um but it is what it is so fast forward going to basketball with football being over matter of fact let's touch a few things you know i'm my sauce garner is entered the nfl draft also drawn four um, then you know you got the other people that are that are that will declare as well that, that have to declare, of course. But those are the two juniors that you know juniors that are foregoing their senior year. It's possible it could be some possible some more people that that enter that fray. But right as of right now, as I'm doing the podcast, it's only those two juniors. And then um, Kobe Bryant was in, invited to the NFL Combine already, so I put that up on the site. So make sure you guys check that out. But I'm gonna fast forward to basketball on Saturday. Right after, you know, the next day, you know, New Year's Day, um, the Bearcats started their AAC conference play, and they lost to Tulane, man. Tulane was on fire in the first half. I want to say they were shooting like 63% from the field, something crazy, like 63% from the field, like 70% from three or something like that. I could be skewing those numbers, but long story short, they were beating them by 23, and Bearcats looked pretty bad. They were making some tough shots, and then some of them were wide open. 
and it was crazy. But then they 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 only lost by eight points, missed a lot of free throws in the second half, and they just missed a lot of layups. Man, they missed like five six layups. So if they make those layups and then make some of them free throws, I feel like they could have still won that game even though they were down. 23 points but Les Miller said he liked it he loved the team in the second half but he don't like the team that's from the first half so I respect it um I hope tomorrow or today whenever you listen to it because technically when I post it it'll be the day of the SMU game they'll play them super late on ESPN um tomorrow at fifth third arena hopefully they can bounce back and even up their record at one and one in the conference but the, that two lane game was crazy man those kids were making I mean, it was one dude, I feel like the point guard, he probably went in at halftime with 17 points, finished the game with 20. Like, it was one of them games, like, where Cass was double digits. I got 13 at half, and I finished with 14. Like, it was one of them type games. And it just happens to happen against the Bearcats. But this team is interesting because they're not – it's a weird team right now, just keeping it 100 because they don't have, like – David and Julius is is probably their one pure bucket getter that they have, but he's short, so he's he's not big. So a lot of teams put bigger guys on him, or they try to make sure they double um, at times. So it makes it a little tough for him because it, cause the Bearcats don't have like that wing that can just say, "Give me the ball, and I'm about to get buckets." Like they don't have the Keith Williams, Jaron Cumberland, let's see, um, Sean Kilpatrick type type player Jacob Evans type player that you can say give me the ball I'm about to make this happen real quick you know what I mean get out the way but they don't have that guy this year especially with size like you know the Julius is the closest one so you know where Davenport's a good score but he's more of a catch and shoot uh, he can post some straight line drive but he's not going to really like shake and bake like whereas you know, Cumberland, when he got the ball, he was kind of ISO. He might do a pick and roll, boom, boom, make him play, and he just going to go get it. You know, he can kind of go get it however you want to go get it. I think he had that, had the moves and, you know, just kind of a slick offer, offensive player like that. But DGJ is, but he's not. He's shorter, so it's tough. You know what I mean? It's definitely tough. So the Bearcats are missing that, that wing that can just go get it where you like, all right, play's breaking down. Make it happen, clear it out for me, or give me a pick and roll, and make it happen. So, but I mean, West is. I mean, I feel like if West can salvage this AAC season, man. No matter what, I'm I'm still going board on for if he gets to 18, everybody need to be giving him hugs. And if he gets if he gets 20 wins this year, Cats gotta like gotta give him a super props because I mean help is coming. Just time, time. You know what I mean? Time, and it depends on. What happened with the current roster but you know you got three people coming in one big man two wings and, and the wings are needed you know you got skillings who is a six four six five guard who seems to be able to do everything that the bearcats lack then you have you know reed who's a six 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 seven guy that seems like a guy that can do a little bit of everything doesn't seem like you know he doesn't seem like the type of guard that skillings is but he seems like the strong forward type dude that can do a little bit of everything that you need long wingspan seems like he can rebound um like he's gonna be good on defense go hard in the paint type dude to me and then have some shocking like you know offensive game but with skillings he seems like he's gonna be like that slick guard that can do everything you need him to do and he has height size probably can play some pseudo point if you need him to 
type of dude. But um, but you just give them time because you never know. They might be able to hit the portal, get a couple people. Who knows? But I have to see what the roster looks like at the end of the season to be able to kind of make those those suggestions and kind of beat around the bush to see what's going on. But it, I mean, the team it is what it, I mean it is what it is. Like I just want the hype to come back for the team. Because people, the football team did so well, and I feel like people are just kind of like, uh, with the basketball team. But John Brandon put this team behind the effing eight ball, man. It's just keep it 100. You got Tari Easton leading at the LSU Tigers against Kentucky, leading score. So you telling me last year there was a game that Rob Banks started over Tari Easton. Think about that. And I know it's like the, the Rob Banks, props to Rob Banks for how hard he works and all that stuff, but just think about it, man. He started Rob Banks over Tari Eason, and both of them played in the game. It wasn't like Tari wasn't about to play, none of that stuff. So it was just like stuff like that that I think about, like, you know, a person with the talent of, of a Zach Harvey. I know he's not doing the greatest out of Santa, Santa Clara, but he showed a lot of flashes to me to be, be a guy. I think that if he was, was – um, still on board now. You know, when when West came, I feel like he would have been a guy that he could have would have definitely loved to have retained. I think a guy that could have really really helped his team this year. So that that sucks. But then, but but John Brandon put him behind an eight ball because he could he could he could recruit, but he couldn't keep him for the most part. If that makes sense. I mean, I didn't like his overall like I don't know big recruits weren't the best like the votes and well vote was respectable no i'm not just crapping on vote but then the the rap the rap um get wasn't too hot you know what i mean obviously um he definitely killed them though when he played for colgate though so you know that's neither here nor there but you know john brands put them in a put him behind the eight ball so anything that Wes does right now it is he's he's freaking turning water into wine right now. So you just give him a couple years, but I just feel like this team when they play right, man, they can beat a lot of teams, which is weird. Cause, I mean, you show you saw how good they played against Arkansas and Illinois, but then they dropped a big egg against Xavier. So you know, we, against the top tier teams, you know, they got some. You go from, you know, the Arkansas game where they only lost by a couple points. They were in the game with, like, two minutes left. Just not getting rebounds here and there. You beat somebody with Kofi Coburn on there. I don't know how the hell they call the man Coburn when it's Cockburn. But I, I, who am I to tell you how to, to say your name or whatever, pronounce your name? I'm just a dude in, in, the, in the media. So, uh, yeah. But anyways, you see them play that good, but then you see them get just destroyed, dominated against Xavier, and you kind of don't know what you're going to get against a good team with this team yet. But right now with so much data out there and just so you're seeing a team, you kind of understand the best creator on the team is DeJulius. Second best creator for him and others is Saunders. But Saunders' jumper, he's shooting a three pretty decent, but that's not his strong suit right now where, you know, DeJulius, he can score at a better clip when he's on per se davenport is a solid very good score 
but as a creator, he's not the great greatest creator. Just be honest. He's not the greatest creator, but he's a heck of a scorer, but he's not a heck of an off-the-dribble player. So he's kind of a catch-and-shoot guy, post-up guy, uh, fast-break dude. And then Victor Locken, when he's playing and not in foul trouble, you see the potential of definitely college star for sure. And then I'm intrigued to see how Hensley – and AJ finished this season. AJ McGinnis, I feel like those two dudes are very important, especially for next year. I don't even think for this, if they come on this year, that'd be great. But I feel like if they finish solid, they'll be, put themselves in a good spot for next year to be very important players. So that's where I want to see what happens with those two guys. Those are my like the two guys I'm watching the most because everybody else, you know, Koval, do. I like Odie. Odie will be here next year too. So that's that's it. He's, I want to see how he keeps playing, but he plays with such such effort and everything. I feel like the, as the talent grows around him, I feel like his impact to make even will be even stronger. He's one of those type of guys to me. But with Koval Adu, you know they're kind. They're just here. They, there's no way they can play another year, and so it's kind of like I want to see how Lockin keeps progressing. I want to see how Hensley keeps progressing because those are going to be the big guys plus Odie. You know, and then from what it looks like. You know, Hensley is more of like a three. So I want to make sure, you know, we want to see if his jumper keeps progressing, et cetera. But he has some post game. So, you know, it is what it is, man. We'll see what happens. The Bearcats will play on ESPN tomorrow. And, you know, we'll roll from there. You know, Jeremiah Davenport, he won, uh, not won, he earned AAC uh, weekly honor roll for his play last week with his double double. It's 19 points and 10 rebounds. And, yeah, that's uh, but now you know they're gonna play SMU on ESPN tomorrow. So actually, well, when you guys listen, it'll be today or the same day, and yeah, that, they'll have a chance to even their record, and we'll see what happens. Hopefully, they can go into the weekend with some uh, positive, positive enforcement, man. Not go zero and two on their first two AAC games. So that would be not ideal, especially with them not being able to play Houston last week. And they could have got to play Houston last week in their own, too. You probably could just live with it. But Houston's kind of the cream of the crop of the conference, even though Memphis should be this year with all that talent. But, my man, Penny ain't. I don't know. But I'm not going. I'm not here to dog Penny. Uh, he's definitely gets them in there. But once they get in there, who knows what happens. I can't call it. And they beat Alabama. But, yeah, it's what it is. But, yeah, hopefully they can go into the weekend with some good vibes. And get it rolling because if if they can pull out a ten, they can get ten dubs in the conference and get 10, 20 wins on the season. You know they're right now at ten and four or ten and four, yeah ten and four. So let's we'll see what happens. Wishing that they uh they can't come out flat like they did against uh, Tulane. They can't do that. Not against SMU. Just can't, man. SMU always plays them tough. So it's just it's just one of them schools, man. Especially on the hoop side cannot cannot come out flat like that even if they're behind at halftime they can't be behind 23 points 20 something points they got to be a couple points here a couple points there i would rather them come out hot themselves or at least be within striking distance because that would be not ideal they come out flat against you know they went came out flat against Tulane and then bounced back and come out flat against SMU. So that would be crazy. I don't think uh, West would want that just from you know it's post game and everything. So hopefully they come out right and see what happens, man. But that's it for this podcast. Just make sure you guys check out the front office news. 
mass articles up there. I got so much content out there. I can't even think of how many pieces I've posted in the last two weeks. But I feel like the uh, meme where I'm just typing all the time and editing all the time. But there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, I also want to give a shout out to the Catitude Podcast. Make sure you guys follow. We don't have a site per se, but the links are in the website itself. And make sure you check out Catitude Podcast, wherever you can get your pods. I know for sure it's on Spotify. I've been working on getting it on iTunes and everything else. But, you know, the first process, it just takes a little bit longer. But uh, I just want to shout out my guys, Cam and Alex, just because they're holding it down and doing that bi-weekly. So next week they'll have their pod out and just be on it. Make sure y'all check that out. Show them some love, man. They're they, they holding it down for the TFON family. And then make sure you hit up my Twitter. Um, underscore JT underscore Smith hit up front office news on Instagram and also on Facebook I think it's just front office news it might just be front office on Facebook it's probably before we start kind of getting the movement rolling so y'all can come for me on that as well and then uh but I'm JT Smith man I'm signing out it's the end of episode 19 season 2 oh, let me squeeze